0: Welcome back to episode seven of the Social Ed Podcast. Today, we're looking at social media platforms. More particularly, we're looking at which social media platforms to be present on and how many you should try to be present on. So platform pressure is real, guys. Put your hand up if you've ever felt platform pressure. I can't see your hands, but I'm guessing there's probably a few of you. If you take away one thing from this episode, let it be this. You don't have to be present everywhere and you don't have to be present on platforms that you don't love. It's so tempting to try and be everywhere all at once. After all, the more places you are, the more people who will find your business, right? Wrong. You need to get strategic about where you're present and where you're spending your time and energy because you don't have unlimited time and you don't have unlimited energy. This episode, we're just going to look at social media platforms, not other platforms such as a blog or a podcast. A solid marketing strategy will have a diverse range of channels, social being just one of them and others potentially including paid search. So for example, Google AdWords or paid Facebook ads. But first. How many social media platforms should you be present on? The more is certainly not the merrier. You want to focus on a few good platforms where your audience is present rather than spreading yourself thinly across way too many platforms. I'm sure you'd love me to tell you a magic number, but there is no magic number of platforms that you should be present on. It really honestly depends on where your audience spends their time, which is something we'll look at shortly. But basically, there's no point trying to reach middle-aged women on Snapchat. Yes, there'll be a few on there, but you're far more likely to reach them via Instagram or Facebook. So just because everyone's marketing on Snapchat, don't feel like you have to, please. Next, it also depends on what your goals are. So do you want to attract new customers and clients? Do you want to nurture an existing audience? Do you want to build new professional contacts and expand your network? Do you want to find more wholesale customers? The platform you choose will depend on your goals and we'll look at this in a sec as well. It also depends on how much time and how much money you have to spend because Producing regular content is either time-consuming or costs money to outsource. Start small. So if you're just starting out, pick one to three platforms and execute them really bloody well. I've said this before, but the key is to make sure you're showing up consistently for your audience and they know where to find you. You're not leaving them guessing as to where you'll pop up next. Now, how can you pick which platforms are most appropriate for your business? Let's take a quick look at some of the main ones and the best audiences to target on these. If you're really interested in learning more about the different platforms and how people interact with them, I highly recommend downloading the Census 2017 Social Media Report. So that's S-E-N-S-I-S. It's free and you should be able to easily find it on Google, but it does only look at Australians. All right. First up is Facebook. Of the sample of people surveyed in the census report, 94% of them used Facebook at least once in 2017. Assuming that this sample represents the Australian population, this means that roughly 22.5 million Australians used Facebook last year. That's crazy. Now, you'd think because Facebook has the most users, it'll attract the most customers or clients, right? Wrong. Organic reach is dwindling, which means you don't reach as many people as you used to without paying to play. Most businesses should, however, have a Facebook page, particularly if you have a bricks and mortar location. But how much time you put into maintaining it and producing content for it is completely up to you. For example, with Wildbloom, we have a Facebook page and I update it semi-regularly just so that it's there for when people click through to it from an ad. But Instagram is where my main audience spend most of their time, so I spend most of my time hanging out there. RecurPost is a really great app to set and forget your Facebook content. So it's maintaining your presence, but it's not taking up too much of your time. All you have to do is upload each of your blog posts into a library, set a schedule for how often you want it to post, and it'll just keep recycling the posts in your library. Head to stephtaylor.co forward slash recur, so S-T-E-P-H-T-A-Y-L-O-R.co forward slash recur to sign up for RecurPost. I'll put the link in the show notes as well so you can find it easily. Next is Facebook groups. Should you start a Facebook group? This is a pretty big topic and it's worthy of an entire episode by itself, so I'll probably record one in the not too distant future. But here's the quick overview. Facebook groups, when done properly, are a great way to reach a tribe of super engaged followers. You can really build a community using it but they do take a bit of time. So you need to be interacting, answering people's posts, encouraging people to engage, etc., etc. Do you have time to consistently dedicate to this? What about if your group grew to a few thousand members tomorrow? Do you have the budget to hire a community manager? A poorly managed group can, at best, result in crickets and, at worst, damage your brand. There are a lot of pros and cons to setting up a Facebook group, but it's a big commitment, so make sure you think it through. Instagram. I think the thing that puts a lot of business owners off using Instagram is that there is a lot of pressure to create stunning content and to have the perfect feed. If you're really new to it all, it can be overwhelming. Luckily, there are so many apps and tools that make it a lot easier. Pop over to stephtaylor.co forward slash tools to see my favorites. And I've got a couple of discounts for you there as well. So be sure to check those out. Instagram is particularly effective If you have a beautiful product or service to showcase. But that doesn't mean it won't work if what you do isn't so visually appealing. The magic thing about Instagram is that you can interact with other accounts and start to grow an engaged audience that way from scratch. But it does take time. I think the key is to not go into Instagram expecting to post three times a day and grow your following overnight. Posting three times a day when you really don't have enough content is gonna be stretching you and. You'll get overwhelmed and you'll probably stop within a few weeks, if not a few days. Rather, commit to posting once a day or even once every two or three days, but make it top quality content that adds value or creates connection with your audience. I've put together an ebook with seven savvy strategies to ignite your Instagram. Try saying that seven times really quickly. (laughs) You can download it from stephtaylor.co. So pop on over there right now to grab it. Next is Pinterest. And there's a little bit of a misconception about Pinterest that it's just for DIY projects and planning weddings, but it's actually really powerful as a business platform and it's still relatively underused. People forget that Pinterest is first and foremost a search engine, just like Google. So you don't actually have to have a huge following for your content to get found. The current demographic is roughly 70% female and 30% male, But according to Pinterest, over 50% of their new signups are men. So there could be a real opportunity in the future for businesses to market to men on Pinterest. 66% of Pinterest users are females aged 25 to 54, and 60% of users have children under the age of 5. 40% have an income over $100,000 US a year. If you market to millennials, then Pinterest could also be a good place for you, as one in two millennials uses Pinterest each month. I'll talk a little bit more about Pinterest in a future episode, as I've seen some great results from it for my own business, so stay tuned. Next is LinkedIn. If you're a B2B business or you're marketing to professionals such as lawyers or accountants, then LinkedIn is a really good place to be. But unlike Instagram and Facebook, your product promotion posts won't fly here. They just won't get the engagement. People on LinkedIn like content that gives a deep insight or a new perspective on a topic. Thought leader content, essentially. Usually something career, business, or industry related. What your audience likes will depend on what industry you're in. If you're trying to position yourself as a thought leader in your niche, then this is an absolute must do. It's pretty easy to repurpose your blog posts as a LinkedIn Pulse article as well, and they get a bit more engagement than if you're just sharing a link to the post off of LinkedIn. You can also link your LinkedIn account to your RecurPost app, so you can keep recycling content there. And again, it makes it nice and easy, saves a bit of time. The link for RecurPost is stephtaylor.co forward slash Recur. YouTube. So by now, you've probably heard that video is where it's at, but does this mean that your business should be on YouTube? Some of the pros are that it's the second largest search engine after Google. So it's actually bigger than Yahoo or Bing, and that it has over 1.5 billion active monthly users. That's a lot of people. Creating valuable video content does take a lot of time, but you can repurpose your YouTube videos as Facebook videos or as LinkedIn videos. But don't just be on YouTube for the sake of being there. If you don't wanna run a YouTube channel, you can actually publish your videos natively within LinkedIn or Facebook. So that means sharing it directly into the platform rather than linking to a YouTube version of your video. And the LinkedIn and Facebook algorithms actually prefer that because it keeps people within their platform. So just as a general rule of thumb, Social media algorithms tend to favor things that have their own interests in mind. So, for example, Facebook wants to keep people within Facebook because that keeps them scrolling, that keeps them clicking on ads, and that earns them more money. So if they can keep you inside Facebook rather than clicking out to go to YouTube to watch a video, they're going to show that video to more people. Right, there you have it. Six of the most popular platforms that you might consider for your business. You might notice that I didn't mention Twitter, Snapchat or Google Plus, and that's because I think that for the vast majority of you, they won't be relevant. But if I'm wrong and you really do want to know more about marketing to your audience on those platforms, please feel free to drop me a line and let me know. Next episode, we're looking at the customer journey. So getting your customer journey spot on is super important, whether you're just starting out or whether you've been in business for a while. It's something you just can't miss. And it's relevant regardless of whether you run a service based business or a product one or something in between. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you don't miss each new episode dropping here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And if you're enjoying the show so far, please leave a rating and a review. It takes only a minute and it makes a huge difference to whether someone will listen to the show or not. So I hope you'll help me get the word out there. For any of the links or freebies mentioned in this episode, Click on the show notes or head on over to stephtaylor.co forward slash seven. stephtaylo rco forward slash seven. Have a great day and I will catch you back here soon.